and welcome to the all-new, all-different, number one comics podcast, episode number 36. I'm Dan. That's Bob. Say hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. We are a comic book podcast where each and every single episode, we take a look at a brand new first issue comic book that has been released this very week in your local comic book shops as well as online. We break down the story as well as art. Give it a loose review and tell you if we think that you should move on to issue number two or not. We also talk a little bit of comic book news and what's new in comic book shops this and next week. And this week we'll be taking a deep dive into the all new number one from Massive Publishing in collaboration with Kingwood Comics. Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) That is correct. Harriet Tubman... But this time, she is a demon slayer, and she certainly is a demon slayer. Yes. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we are back with the all-new, all-different, number one comics podcast, episode number 36. Bob, they say that no news is good news, and... So you're saying there's no news? (laughs) That's good news? Um, there's not really any news to speak of. Okay. Uh, there's, you know, little tiny snippets of, of things out there, but not anything really interesting enough for us to break into. Um, there, <laughs> there is some like huge, huge, uh, spoiler, uh, for Avengers Inc. If, if we want to go over that, um, I could drop that bomb really quick, but I will note to everyone listening, uh, go ahead and fast forward a minute because uh, I don't assume we'll spend too much time on it, but uh, maybe go up to the three minute, 15 second mark uh, starting now. So Avengers Inc. number one, uh, again, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. So <laughs> if you have not read it yet, maybe fast forward. Earmuffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, Avengers Inc. brings back uh, Bob's favorite Ant-Man of all time, Hank Pym. Um, so uh, I thought Hank... you were going to say Eric O'Grady for a minute. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, somebody who's, what, been dead since, I don't know, 2015? Jeez. I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, it's been a home, yeah, and it's, it's last, been a little like, bit. last I knew about Hank Pym, he was merged with Ultron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The What was it? Ultron, what was that storyline called? Ultron, uh, I can't remember, Ultron something, but... Yeah, uh, that's that's the last time we saw Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 been resurrected here in some form or another. And and how Avengers Inc is working basically is like it is. And and uh, I guess spoiler over now. I won't say anything else about that specific spoiler. So just know. Man, that, that was huge. Yeah. I can't believe that. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I can't believe they killed Kamala Khan. But uh, yeah, again. But <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> just joking. They did not. But. Uh, regardless, um, Avengers Inc. is is kind of like a, a mystery happens and, and the Avengers or members of the Avengers or whatever kind of solve that. But it seems like they're a little self-contained like into the single issue. So I don't know if that has any spillover to other issues or if everything's revealed there and wrapped up and in a nice package and that's done. But So is it going to be a villain of the week type thing? That's what I'm sensing. It's, yeah, definitely going to gonna be that kind of thing uh but yeah um, kind of a nice change of pace yeah sure these long drawn out stories yeah it sounds kind of cool and it almost is reminding me of like that dc human target series that uh, wrapped up pretty recently so kind of has vibes of that too uh how about we we both watched the whatever you want to call that teaser for the trailer for aquaman 2 the trailer Um, that comes up tomorrow that DC's already given up on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. So there's not like a whole lot there to really talk about. We don't you know, know anything about the story or anything like that. But do you have thoughts? Is there anything you want to point out or, or bring up in that? Just that just they may be a little villain heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm reading here too on, on comicbookmovie.com that... Uh, James Wan is redress, uh, addressing reports that a Batman is set to uh, be in the sequel and and stuff about Amber Heard as well, but 
God, do you think we're going to see Batman again in this? I mean, we've pretty much seen him in most other DC properties. Yeah, definitely. We, we definitely saw him in The Flash there. What, three different which incarnations be, of Batman? Which Batman was the best part oh, God. of The Flash. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, that, and then, uh, of course, you know, we, Amber Heard, we, <laughs> we have all of that going on. So, I've heard that uh, that they're killing her off in, in, at, like, towards the beginning of this. That mm. would make a lot of sense. I don't know. Uh, not, I don't have much of a stake in this. Like, I don't care too much. I, I really didn't like that first movie. I thought it just dragged on and on. It was really boring. See, it was a visual spectacle, but that was about it. See, I mean... It- Kill her off, don't kill her off. I mean, you're pretty much killing this version of the DC universe yeah, exactly. off anyway. Like, what does it even really yeah, matter? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, we talked about that, I don't know, it was last week or a couple of weeks ago or whatever, but it's like, it's so hard for me at least to be invested in something that just doesn't matter. And I know that's mm-hmm. how movies used to be. It's not like you had to go into, you know, uh, watching Home Alone or something, you know, thinking it was going to connect to a wider world. Like, it didn't matter. But unfortunately, that's how movies are now. It right, does matter. Right. So um, when it's just like this throwaway thing, I just, why even waste the time, you know? Right. Time is so precious, and then you're spending two hours at least watching something that they're like, hey, this doesn't matter. there be another actor in the role, you know, soon right. and all of this. Right. And I mean... Fortunately, Marvel got it right on the first try. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, DC didn't get it right on... What try are they on now? <laughs> God only knows. That's something that I kind of wanted to talk about, too. You know, with the lack of news, you know, maybe just discussion on, on movies or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you feel... Now, if you can separate the movies from the actors, I don't know if you're able to do that in your head or not, uh, but... How do you feel about this casting of the the DCU? Like, just in general, you know, the past, like, who's been cast in those roles? Do you feel like they did a good job with casting? Uh, because I, I, I think it would be not like a bold statement to say stuff didn't work out because of the way it was, like, managed from right, the back end. Right. Like, the whole trying to build that universe was the problem. Not, I don't know if, you know, the actors were, but... I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's pretty much been hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, I thought I thought Henry Cavill made a good Superman. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I thought uh, Gail Godot made a good Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I did not think Ezra Miller made. Yeah, you know, uh, a good Flash <laughs> I agree. I, don't um, miss I thought you know I thought Ben Affleck made a good Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, and you know, he's gone on record to say that he did not enjoy it at all. I thought. Ray Fisher did not make a good cyborg at all. Yeah, I really didn't like him a cyborg either. I, Which, I, I mean, like I said, it's Ray Fisher, it's come out of his mouth that he didn't enjoy, you know, his time as cyborg anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's been really hit or miss as, as far as DC. I mean, again, you know, I mean, Marvel has, you can, t- you can tell they've definitely done their homework. Yep. On the choices they've made. I don't know. Uh, DC, they have, you know, more misses than hits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't I can't say for, you know, Jaime Reyes, because I haven't seen, you know, the new Blue Beetle yet. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think, can I say Jason Momoa is the best Aquaman? <laughs> no. Can I say he's good as Aquaman? I think so. I know you have differing opinions, though. I, I don't know. It's not... It's not him. Uh, he, he was okay. I, I don't know. I don't know what I want out of Aquaman, but I, it's not that. Like, and I don't, I don't feel like he's a bad actor, either. Like, I, I, don't, I just mm-hmm. don't feel like... You know, something about him in the role just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not sure what it was. But, like, you know, my favorite DC... Uh, DCEU, I guess, or whatever, whatever it's supposed to be called in that Robert incarnation. Robert Pattinson. No, it's definitely not that. But uh, yeah, it's not that. It's not uh, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, thanks. Um, but no, uh, my favorite, you know, I, I do like Henry Cavill as Superman. I thought he was really good. And, and I'm with you on Gal Gadot. She, she's really good. But 
I honestly really liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I thought he was a really good Batman. Uh, you can kind of tell, you know, and, and we know from Ben Affleck, you know, in the past and everything, like, he's a fan. You know, he reads comics to some extent. I don't know if he reads Batman comics, but, you know, he just seems invested, like, more so than a lot of the people that showed up. So, and and I always like Ben Affleck. He's got, like, a certain amount of charm, but also, like, this real-world quality to him, like, where he's not, like, such a high star level, you know, where, uh, where he's just, you know, not somebody you could meet on the streets or whatever. Like, I, I, I like Ben Affleck. So I think that... He's relatable enough. Now, when you get into, like, Jason Momoa, I don't like Jason Momoa. Uh, he, he acts fine. Great-looking guy and everything, but I just don't like him. He seems like... I don't know if Jason Momoa used to be, like, a UFC fighter, professional wrestler or something, but he just seems like one of those guys. Like, I just don't like him. Mm. Um, so, so I don't know. Kind of like The Rock, you know. I don't like The Rock. Like, <laughs> whatever. The Rock's um, not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, definitely. And not to say I don't enjoy some of his movies or some right. of his performances right. or whatever, but I don't know. I just find it hard to connect. Now you take, uh, you know, actors that the NCU has cast and stuff like that. I like most of those people. Like, there's not really anybody that I don't kind of connect with on, like, a human level. Uh, not that I know these people, but y you understand what I mean. <laughs> like... I, I, I like their personalities. I like, you know, how they act in interviews. I like all of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think that, I don't know. It'll be very, very interesting moving forward. Again, like, we, we do have James Gunn trying to pull this thing together and make a whole extended universe. And, and also, he's, he's thinking really, really big, you know, trying to bring it in from cartoons to video games, comic books, everything, every angle, tie it all in together. Hopefully, hopefully he does. Now, one of the one of the few mainstays, and I'm interested to see if uh, you'd like James Gunn to bring this actor back. But mm -hmm. one of the few mainstays has been Margot Robbie. Yeah, as mm -hmm. Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? How would you feel about James Gunn moving forward with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn if he decided to do that? I really like her as Harley Quinn. I think that she does a really good job and she looks great in the character and all of that. I will say this. I think that they should just wipe the slate completely clean and recast everyone. I don't think anybody should be pulled over. Um, because it's not going to feel, like in my opinion, like it's... It, I'm, I'm just going to connect it to that old universe. Like if you really run a reboot like, the like whole it's thing... Brand, like it's being brand new. Like somebody's just... Yep. Starting over. Yep, yeah. If you really want to separate all the past and, and come up with a new thing with the slate wiped completely clean and all of that, then I think every single person needs to be recast and there should not be anybody carried over from the old DCU, whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> That's my opinion. I, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, could see, I could see a few of the... You know, better ones being, you know, brought over, just a few. Again, you mm -hmm. know, Gail Godot, um, you know, she would actually be my number one to be brought brought mm -hmm. over. Oh, okay. Um, you know, Ben Affleck, I mean, you know, I mean, he's, he's good as Batman, but I hate, I hate to say it, but there's been good Batman before him, mm -hmm. there's been... Sure. There'll be, you know, good Batman after him. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, I don't think he's the definitive on-screen no. Batman. No. I think, you know, somebody else could fill that role, definitely. And and also, I think we've mentioned before, but you, you have to consider his age, too. Uh, right. I mean, who yeah. wants to see, like, a late 40s Batman? Yeah. Like, you kind of need somebody younger in the Exactly. Role. That's, that's, one, that's one thing the MCU has got going. Yeah. They've, you know, cast to where, you know, they're not too old. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're and they're young enough to where if they want to use them multiple times, mm -hmm. you know, they still have enough shelf life, I guess is the best word to use right now. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I, I get you. It's, it's, it's very, uh, you have to think about those kind of things. You're connecting like a whole universe, trying to make mm -hmm. like a lot of movies and everything. Like, do you really want, you know, a, a Batman who's approaching like you know 
retirement age and stuff like that. Kind of, I don't know, kind of weird. But uh, I don't know. That's that's all I really want to say about the the DCU right now. Um, mm-hmm. How about the El Murto news that that dropped? Uh, Sony is no bad yeah, bunny. I know. Sony still intends to make the movie. They say they say they are still Do making they? this movie. Yep. Um, they will still be making it, but Bad Bunny has dropped out, and they will recast it to somebody else. So, Bob, there's your shot. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, put it right here on record. Bob's up for the role, so. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, I can't necessarily say I'm really disappointed because I'm not mm-hmm. greatly familiar with Bad Bunny. Yeah. I mean, I'm... You know, I'm a huge professional wrestling fan. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure I've mentioned it before. I yep. just I just can't think if I have before. But, and Bad Bunny has done not a lot, a lot, but a good, but a good amount enough mm-hmm. in wrestling that I am familiar with him in his work. But especially not being a big music person. Uh-huh. I'm just not familiar with, you know, Bad Bunny outside of professional wrestling. So, and I, being as that he's not really an actor, I don't know how that would work. Yeah, I mean, well, we, you know, we've seen that plenty of times. Definitely see, you know, musicians, wrestlers, whatever, you know, begin acting in a movie or whatever. Unfortunately, it doesn't usually work out too well your first time out. Yeah, um, what was that? What was that great Hulk Hogan movie where he was like a, a babysitter or something? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Did you just did you just say great <laughs> Hulk Hogan movie in the same sentence? Oh yeah, absolutely. What what was that thing? Yeah, and I'll also say that great uh, '90s Hulk Hogan rap album. Um, the Oh jeez. Yeah, there was there was some movie where he was like a babysitter yeah, or something. Um, something like that. Oh. He wasn't a kindergarten teacher. I think he was a babysitter. I know Arnold was the kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, the kindergarten cop. Yeah, that made me I, uh, <laughs> I I honestly can't can't really remember the um the the um yeah, I mean, I could easily just look it up, but I'm I'm not going to go through the. No, it is yeah. as, as far as far as wrestlers and movies. I mean, you could either say Dave Batista is Drax mm-hmm. because you know Dave Dave Batista is Drax. That was one of the best casting choices I've seen, and I was very skeptical on that because I know it boiled down to either you know. Um, Dave Batista or Jason Momoa. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And my whole thing was, okay, if they're just going to have Drax be the strong, silent type, go with Batista. Mm-hmm. Because he's, you know, built more like Drax. Yep. But if they're going to have him talk a lot, if they're going to have him talk a lot, which ultimately they did, mm-hmm. go with Momoa. But I am so glad they went with Dave Batista. Yeah, definitely. Um, he, he definitely, you know, made that role his own and, and did a lot with it. But probably, as far as, you know, starring roles, probably the best, um, you know, wrestler to actor um, that I've seen is actually, um, what was it, They Live with oh, yeah. uh, Roddy Piper. Roddy, Roddy Piper, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, They Live is a outstanding oh, movie. Oh, yeah, I, lo- I love They Live. Yeah, that's that's a good movie. Um, the, the movie that I was looking for was called Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny. Yeah, that's that, I knew it had yeah. Nanny in the title. <laughs> I just couldn't remember exactly what it was. Oh, yeah. That's that's the title of that That one. actually had a couple of different wrestlers in it. Oh, did it? Okay. I, I don't I don't know if I actually ever saw it. Yeah, it, it had more than Hulk Hogan <laughs> in it, but huh. yeah. Fun. A uh, bunch of other uh, wrestler nannies, I guess. Maybe like a daddy daycare type of movie, but with, uh, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, that's, that's a whole other thing. Uh, podcast but uh, how about look here's some news that i can't weigh in on i know nothing about but i've heard some some great uh reviews of this new ahsoka episode that just dropped yeah Yeah, uh, again uh, nothing i can say to it but you know if there's anything you want to say or if you just want to second that opinion then then here you are uh besides besides the fact that dave filoni should just be the overseer (laughs) of anything star wars Uh uh-huh i mean he, I mean, he pretty much began as a fan. Yep. I mean, you can definitely tell. And, I mean, he's, you know, 
I mean, he's put so much, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak. Yep. In, you know, everything he does that, I mean, whether directing or writing or anything like that, um, you know, he, I mean, he's knocked it out of the park, so... If they could get rid of uh, Kathleen Kennedy and put Dave Filoni <laughs> in her place, then, hey, I'm fine with it. Wow. Well, yeah, uh, who, who knows? You know, that that kind of thing happens all the time. So uh, that about wraps up the news. I, I don't really have anything else to say uh, in that, you know, in, anything big. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we have returned, Bob. We are back with episode number 36 of the all-new, all-different number one comics podcast to talk to you guys about some books that dropped in local comic book shops as well as online this very week, September 13th, 2023, year of the Bob. Bob, (laughs) we've got some new comics that came out this week. Uh, From DC Comics, they did a... What is this facsimile of uh, Batman number one? So you can get a copy of Batman number one. Three different ways, too. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a blank that's not really blank. Um, there's a regular cover. There's probably some other covers. I don't know. There's there's covers, and it's Batman. So Yeah, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of a blank cover? Yeah, blank no, sketch yeah, cover yeah, when you not, have anything on the cover? Yeah, I mean, I, I get the huge trade dress thing, but there's oh, buildings. Yeah. There's I don't know. It's, it's weird. Whatever. Uh, I guess that's so Tom King can draw a stick figure out of convention <laughs> on it. Uh, we also got the the proper um, uh, comic of Batman Gargoyle of Gotham number one that a few weeks ago or a month ago or so, uh, the Ashkin came out in stores. Mm-hmm. This one's got the first appearance of Crytoon, Bob's favorite new Batman villain. Uh, <laughs> Bob, is that a scion? Yes, it sensing is. on your end, uh, yes, I can't it believe is. it. He's, he's, he's got he's got new villains coming out <laughs> all the time, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, Batman gets a new villain. Every Soon day. we're gonna find out that the Court of Owls had a <laughs> had a villain which made them villains. Yeah, probably, yeah, you're, you're probably right there. Um, speaking of villains, we also got Batman and Robin number one, new volume of Batman and Robin with the first cameo appearance of Shush. Bob's other favorite new villain. Yes. And this one had, I will say, this is the only DC book that I picked up this week. Had a really, really cool art germ variant cover on it. Don't know if you saw that one, but yeah, a really, really cool cover. So I picked that up, but that was my only DC pickup this week. Uh, We also got World's Finest Teen Titans number three, first appearance of Toy Boy, an obsessive fan of Wonder Girl. I don't know. I mean, I'm an obsessive fan of Wonder Girl. Why didn't they DC put me in a comic and name me? That's that's one of the worst names I've ever heard. It, Toy Boy. Yeah, it's it's a terrible terrible name. Um, it sounds like an extra in Magic Mike. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe in Magic Mike the fifteenth sequel here. <laughs> so I can only hope. Uh, going over to another publisher, uh, let's let's talk about Dark Horse's new number one, The Alternates number one. This has a group of B-list heroes who disappeared to a different reality and gained incredible superpowers, returned to their much less vivid home dimension, but a stowaway from the other world in the form of a street drug hitched a ride back home with them, causing a rift between the heroes. This sounds... Fucking wacky as hell. Like, uh, excuse that, that my language, but yeah, yeah. Um, I am really excited to read this, and I think the creative team on it is, is really cool too. If I can, if I can pull that up, uh, yeah, Patton Oswalt is a, is a writer on it. So really, yeah, um, and this this stems out from there was a book, uh, Minor Threats. If you remember Minor Threats, that that was just wrapped up a little while ago. This stems out from that. So. Really, really cool. I am excited to read that one. Uh, from Scout Comics, we had Sissy number one. A boy must travel to the Darklands to find a sister who was kidnapped by an evil called the Crying Man. Uh, that's kind of scary. A crying man that's evil. Um, you don't usually cry when you're evil, I don't think. But yeah, who knows? Uh, from <laughs> Image Comics, we got the new volume of Creep Show, Issue number one here. And as I said last week, this one's got a preview of Transformers number one. 
This this one's really cool. The regular cover has a Gilliam March uh, cover art on it. It's written by Bill Hester as well as Garth Ennis. And it's got art by Becky Cloonan and Phil Hester in it. So this is like a... There's no way this book can be bad. This is going to be really, really good, I think. And, and then, you know, Garth Ennis in there just doing some yeah, weird, if, if weird it's, stuff. Yeah, if it's written by Garth Ennis, you know it's going to be intense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, from IDW, we got Killmore number one. Um, I'm not even going to go... This solicits is insane, so <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll skip that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Dynamite, we got, we got Negaduck number one, so, uh, a spinoff there, um, I don't know, that's, I picked it up, uh, did you, Bob, or? I didn't, know. You didn't pick up Negaduck no. number one? No. Um, yeah, it looks fun, I figured I'd give it a shot, this is, uh, Negaduck is a villain to Darkwing Duck, so, it's a little, I don't know, maybe. Because everybody has the Nega. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also from Dark Horse Comics, we got St. John, number one, a masked man who roams Portland doing good deeds for strangers, appearing at random and vanishing without a trace while a cynical writer attempts to track him down and identify the vigilante. Uh, it just sounds like Bob's Tuesday afternoon. So. Kind of sound like J. John Jameson. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, well, get me Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> you damn kids. Uh, also from IDW, we got Sonic the Hedgehog's 900... 900th Adventure, a one-shot celebrating Sonic's 900th English language comic book issue. So, I mean, I guess if you're interested in that, then pick that up. I, I would have had have head specify 900th yeah, English language. Yeah, insane. Uh, we got Star Trek Picard's Academy, number one. This has the origin of Jean-Luc Picard. So, I mean, pick that up, you know. If you're, do you need an or do you really need an origin of Patrick Stewart's <laughs> character? I don't know. Yeah, of course it's a comic book. That's what they're there for—to expand on the worlds. Uh, also, from Dark Horse Comics, we got Usagi Yojimbo, Ice and Snow, number one series that follows the Green Dragon story arc. I didn't even see this at my local shop, so uh, maybe it got pushed back, or maybe I just didn't grab it. But again, I did not see it there. Uh, let's go into Marvel because there are some Marvel comics this week. We got X-Force 44, first team appearance of Wolverine Sentinels. Uh, Werewolf by Night, number one. Again, I think it's just a one-shot, which saddens me. But this has <laughs> the first appearance of Dr. Necromancer. Dr. So this Necromancer. is really cool. And the thing I like about this book, because I did just kind of crack it open in the shop right. just to look at it, is it's, it's kind of following along the Elsa Bloodstone and the, the werewolf that were in the Werewolf by Night special that came out, the Halloween special uh, that came out on Disney+. Plus. So Elsa Bloodstone is like in color and everything, and then whenever we get to the werewolf, it's black and white. Um, so it's just got some cool vibes here. Yeah, I'm really excited to read this one. Uh, we got Venom's annual Contest of Chaos crossover, Venom versus Deadpool. Uh, Venom issue number 25, a 64-pager. Uh, we got Spine Tingling Spider-Man with a zero issue this week. Uh, $10 cover price, but this one's got the first appearance of the Sleep Stealer, uh, Bob's scariest villain uh, of all time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, my sleep has already been stolen. I know, so that's what I was going to say. So just imagine sleep more of it uh, going away. But Where's the same man we need <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Somebody battle this guy, please. We got Spider-Gwen Annual 1, second printing i i don't know why we're doing this anymore you know second uh, second print on everything with incentive second printings it's just wacky but i mean a regular issue i can understand but an annual yeah i i agree um we got moon knight number 25 second printing again with an incentive um we did get ghost rider issue 18 with the origin of talia war road but our local comic book shops issues were damaged, so Bob and I did not get to pick up our Ghost Riders. Except for the incentive. Yeah, so uh, please uh, don't spoil that one for us. You know, but uh, also a second printing and incentive variant on Death of Venomverse number one. We got a whole new Daredevil number one a premiere issue with a new creative team there. We also got Captain Marvel Dark Tempest number three first team appearance of the Feral Five. Uh, yeah, just, I don't know. First team parent, sure. Uh, as we talked before about that Avengers Inc. number one, a noir mystery series with the Wasp and Victor Shade, a.k.a. Division. 
some cool stuff. If you want to go back and check out the spoiler, it's at the beginning of the episode. We got Alligator Loki number one, first appearance of Alligator Loki. This is a one-shot collection of the uh, Marvel Infinity digital comics. And I think that about wraps up all of... No, sorry, let me let me go back and not uh, forget Star Wars here. Yeah, yeah we did please get the, don't. the Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was saying it's sitting on the top of it's, your it's pile. Right <laughs> yeah, uh, Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi, issue number one. First appearance of Reba, the third sister of... Oh, God, Bob, I, I don't know. In The Inquisitors. Oh, is that what that says? Yes. Jeez. Okay, the Inquisitor. Sorry. Well, good. I'm Which, glad, glad if I'm not mistaken, it. this is the second volume, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, we've had a Obi-Wan Kenobi before. Um, those are all the new books that dropped this weekend. Damn, there were a lot. So we are going to take a quick break. So, uh, I don't know, Bob can get some fresh air before we go into the mm-hmm. uh, review. And we are back with the all-new, all-different, number one comics podcast, episode number 36, Bob. Bob, let's talk about the book that we are talking about on today's show, which is Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. Of course, published through Massive Publishing, which is the new name for Whatnots Publishing. And it's also, I, I don't, I don't, it's it's co-published by Kingwood. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, don't know I guess you were saying that, collaboration. Yeah, collaborated, sure, whatever. Um but this is uh, this creator's own, you know, kind of spinoff uh, publishing publisher. I don't know, <laughs> whatever, whatever words are. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to go over the synopsis from their site really quick. Concept artist and Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer series artist, Cortland Ellis delivers his signature design for this groundbreaking debut. Django Unchained meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer and David Crownson's Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer, a supernatural comic series based on the true life of the freedom fighter herself that is flavored with genre liberties in the spirit, uh, sorry, in the spirit of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And this is soon to be an original series on Disney Plus of all things, uh, which is very cool, but they note that there. When slave owners can't stop the formidable ninja warrior Harriet Tubman, they call on the help of vampires, werewolves, witches, and demons to stop her. Harriet Tubman must lead a family of slaves to freedom by while battling an army of darkness. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that solicit. Uh, it's very, very cool. Let's talk about the creators really quick before I go over to my synopsis. We have David Crownson as the writer. This is David Crownson's only uh, credit so far, but luckily in the back of the book, it has a little creator bio on the creators here, so I'm going to read those really quick. Born and raised in the exotic town of Frenchtown, New Jersey, David Crownson grew up with a passion for storytelling, which started with comics and film. This served him as an actor and writer, He is the writer-creator of Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer, published by his company, Kingwood Comics. This best-selling comic is soon to become a TV series produced by Disney's Onyx Collective, produced by someone and someone else. He loves God, his mom, his girlfriend, long walks, red lobster, biscuits, and petting your dog. David can be seen on the YouTube series Bubbly Brown Sugar and is followed by Barack Obama on Twitter, a.k.a. They Mean X. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't love Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuits? I, I don't know. I, that's a good question. Uh, Cortland Ellis is the illustrator here and is one of the mili- many illustrators working on Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Currently, Cortland is working as a freelance concept and character designer as well as being a pre-production and motion graphic artist at Decoy Games, The Lion Animation, DreamWorks, Godhood Comics, Maui Studios, and Asp. Aspire, sorry, Aspire, (laughs) oh God, Aspire Adventures. Cortland earned his degree at Hosen School of Art. He has worked as a production and concept artist for the second fiction gaming studio and general graphics artist for Food and Wine magazine. Lastly, Sharondon Brown is a Southern-grown essayist, editor, and storyteller with a focus on media analyst and cultural critique. Currently serving as editor-in-chief of Where Your Voice magazine as the series editor 
Sharonda lends their historic expertise and experience as an activist to the world building of Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. So those are our creators. Again, there's not much I could go into as, you know, what they've done uh, other than what's there on, on, on page themselves. So that's what we'll go with. And now I'll read my synopsis, which reads nothing like the one that I just read. Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer opens with a scene of a house in Charleston, South Carolina in 1860. We then meet Venus and Caesar Edgefield, a father and daughter, as they sneak out of the house. Venus and the audience learn that Caesar is afraid of horses. I don't know why that's in there, but <laughs> it, it, I'm sure it will be important at some point. Then Venus's mother, Catherine, shows up in a horse-drawn carriage. Just then, a group of three men show up who say that they patrol the plantation to make sure that no slaves try to escape. Caesar and Venus bring out guns and begin to shoot the men, but they rise back up and we see that they are vampires. Before the vampires can kill the family, a woman walks up to offer $5,000 for the slaves, and when that doesn't work, she just begins taking them down one by one with some amazing fighting skills and some vampire-specific weapons. She then introduces herself to the family as Harriet Tubman, and the issue ends with the four being surrounded by vampires and a to-be-continued. Um, man, this issue is so fun. This is so is. cool. This, I'm gonna, you know, spoil, I've done, we've done this a few times on the podcast where we can't even make it into the review yet, mm -hmm. and, and we just have to, you know, kind of gloat on it, but this is really, really good. Just to say right off the top, this is really good storytelling. This is a really cool, unique perspective, and it is done very well. The writing is awesome. The art complements it very well, and, and it is done very, very well. So now to go into, you know, breaking down the beats and all of that stuff, we're going to do all that, but just know off the bat, like I'm already telling you right now, go pick this up because this is really good. Uh, and Bob, I, I don't know if you got the uh, the cover that I put in your pool or yeah, not. Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, you I, got I, that great, that great. Thank, thank you, thank you for the cover, by the way. You know, I have to say, I'm kind of pissed that I didn't grab it myself. I should have because I went with this cover, which is a cool cover. But uh, yeah, you got. How the, can how can you not do the Captain America comics number one? I know you got the homage, and it is fantastic um but everything about this book is fantastic is. Uh, even this cover you know everything here is is really really great i really like this comic a lot so then let's go in to the beats uh how did you feel this jump from uh, you know beat a to beat b and all of that like Oh, this was this was smooth flowing all Dude, the way around. It was so cool because I like how it's just a little pocket. It's just like a an event that happens, and it just captures that. It it starts out with you know the father like they got this plan worked out. There there doesn't need to be any exposition about it. It's just like we already know what's going on. He's like, hey, get up, come on, be quiet. We gotta go. Mm -hmm. Okay, you guys are up. It's eighteen sixty. I get it. You're running away. Like yeah. to go be free makes yeah. sense. Makes perfect sense. And then they get out there, and the mom, you know, has has went and got this horse and carriage, and and it's like, okay, well that makes sense too. You know, she snuck out before or or went out and whatever whatever happened, but she got this so she could grab her family and they could go. And then it all makes sense because you got these dudes patrolling the area, and and look, they were prepared. You know, they yeah. like <laughs> had these not been supernatural people, you know, they would have been dead and gone and no problems, but. You know, they would have been picking up the bodies in the morning and then saying, okay, now we got to find these, you know, this family or whatever. But, you know, since it unfolded the way that it did, since it was, you know, supernatural element to it, um, you know, they, they jumped back up. And I love that. Uh, I, I love that that's how we got the reveal of them being vampires. And, and, and then for Harriet to come out and just all that badassery that happens, you know, God, it's... It, it was really, really She killed really somebody cool. while spelling katana. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this was really... And, and it, it just... It it does a really, really outstanding job of painting her as like, hey, she's a badass. Like, oh, yeah. And she's, oh, yeah. she can fight and, you know, she's got this covered. And yeah, she came out of the shadows to save this family and, and whatever. And that's what she's going to do. That's what she's out there doing. 
Um, really, really cool. I really love this. This is so awesome. You know, I, t I texted this to a friend of mine, mm -hmm. and um, of course he hadn't heard of it before. Mm -hmm. And he texted me back how it has like a Abraham Lincoln vampire yeah. hunter mm -hmm. or pride, pride and Prejudice in Zombies, zombies kind of mm -hmm. vibe to it. I'm not familiar with Pride and Prejudice in Zombies. Mm -hmm. I'm only familiar with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, the movie. Yep. And to me, this I'm, this is superior to, to Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, both of those uh, stories almost kind of like just interject that stuff in there. Like this is built around it. This makes sense in the story, especially the, the Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. It's almost like they just... It's Pride and Prejudice, and then they just throw zombies into it. Like, it's not, you know, really a, a core part of the story or anything. But, um, no, this this really, <laughs> this is really good. Again, Bob, we are going to, it's going to suck at the end of the year. This is going to be so hard. Uh, what a, what a, what a, what a problem to have. It is, because <laughs> yeah. I, I got to say, this just jumped up there to the top of my, to I know. Not the top of my list, but... Top 10, definitely. Yeah, imagine throwing this up against, like, World Tree or something. This is going to be so hard. I know. Uh, it's so cool, though. I know. But, yeah, this is, this is really good. The horror category is going to be uh, kind of <laughs> yeah. hard. Stacked, yeah. Um, and, and what's cool, I just did a bonus episode this past weekend with... Uh, with with the guy that I do the bonus episodes with. We did uh, Tear Us Apart, number one. Um, and, I mean, this is better than that, but... We went into it the same way. We're like, holy shit, this is so good. Uh, we can't even fi really find anything bad to say about it. Right. And um, it's hard to critique a comic whenever you don't have anything bad to say about yeah. it. It's hard to just sit there over and yeah. over again and say how good it is um, and not really be able to tear it apart and say anything bad. But um, how about the narrative then? The narrative of this whole book, uh, God, it just... Dude, it works so well. Um, well, yeah, because... You know, because I mean, you know, you know the you know the story about. Of course, everybody knows the story about you know Harriet Tubman mm -hmm. and what she did about freeing slaves yep. and all that. So I mean, people go in with kind of an idea mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. you know what to expect, but then they kind of you know flip it upside down. Yep. But I mean that the narrative definitely works. I mean it, it kind of follows along follows along the lines of you know Harriet Tubman. Yes. But without following along the lines of Harriet Tubman, if that makes any sense. No. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Bob, we're gonna take an impromptu uh, break really, really quick. Okay. But we will be right back. We are back from our impromptu break. Sorry about that. Uh, Bob, let's talk about the dialogue then. How'd you feel about the voices of all of these characters? Now, the caveat being, let me, let me say, and there is a warning at the beginning of the book. Mm -hmm. There's some language used in here that's not something that uh, you and I are used to hearing very often. Um, but there's a warning on the on the back of the cover of this book that says this book contains racial slurs used commonplace during this time period so mm -hmm. um that makes sense uh again um it, i don't think that you know hopefully in the context or whatever you can like read it and kind of just brush it off like like we were able to but right you know if if that is going to trigger like a, a bad response in you or whatever please be aware of that uh but i just did want to get that out of the way i i, I will say though it is you know and i don't i you know i don't want to say you see this run rampant but it is kind of a nice change of pace to see a comic just go for it yeah uh no it, it's cool and again like you have to remember these things happened, you know, people were, were spoken to like that and exactly. some, and sometimes still are, you know, sadly it's insane, but you know, that, that still happens. So, uh, so that's, you know, sadly a, a real part of history and a real part right. of life and everything. Right. And, and again, like, you know, not to get too political or anything, but we are in Florida and, you know, a, a lot of Florida just wants to cover that up and act like it never happened, you know, which is yeah, insane. And, so and, and unfortunately we do live in the, region of the country where a lot of that stuff did happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it happened. Um, you know, uh, 
all of that stuff happened. So I think to, you know, be able to face that and then like learn from our past and everything is, is very important. That's how I feel. I know that's how you feel. So mm-hmm. that's not how everybody around us feels, but you know, whatever, we can't speak for them. We can only speak for ourselves. So I, I think for these creators to be able to put it in there and, and then, you know, build off of that and everything, you know, shows their, their strength in confronting that and everything and, and, right. and how, you know, you know, possibly, you know, they've been treated, family members, uh, friends, whatever, you know. I, and I mean, they are trying to convey how, you know, people of the time spoke to yep. other people and yep. to try to dumb that down mm-hmm. when everybody, you know, who's ever seen any kind of historical. Yes, exactly you know, read anything historically from that era knows exactly how things were. Yep. So that would just be hard to dumb down. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, but, but yeah, I, not a, not a topic that, uh, you know, you and I are going to shy away from at all. You know, we're, we're, uh, obviously, um, we would, we would love it if, if humans just learned from their past and, and, you know, acknowledged yeah. it and then, you know, uh, made, the necessary, uh, I don't know, uh, apologies for that or, or whatever, whatever, <laughs> I can't think of words, but, you know, um, and, and, and then didn't allow history to repeat itself. But unfortunately, you know, that's not something that you or I can control. But, but yeah, in this book here, I feel like, yeah, the dialogue, uh, an, another strong point of this book, uh, the mm-hmm. characters all have very unique voices that work really, really well. Right. I love the family. I love the way they talk to one another. I love the way they talk. Um, and then we get into the, the vampires and, um, and, and, you know, essentially, uh, again, they're kind of like, you know, those, uh, racist, like white guys from that time period or yeah. whatever, but their voices work. Old and, white plantation. Yeah. Uh, security, whatever. Yeah. Whatever they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and they work, and then Harriet Tubman coming in here with her dialogue and everything. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. she don't take no crap. Yeah, she's just a badass character yeah. in this. Uh, really, really cool. And it's just, I, I think that's what I like so much about the book. I mean, I like everything about it, but it seems, like, so genuine. Uh, sometimes you just, you know, to portray, like, badassery, like, on a page or whatever, like, that's kind of hard to come across sometimes or whatever. But the second that she shows up, you're just like... Oh, hell yeah, like, she, she's about to save the day, or whatever, you know, like, just really heroic and cool and, and fearless or whatever, but I, I really like the portrayal. Uh, so then how about the world building again? <laughs> kind of the same thing. They're, they're re-expanding on this right. world that exists. Um, I, I, can't re- I can't remember. I might, have, I might have just overlooked it. Did it say exactly where it took place? Yeah, Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. You, I, yeah, right there you, at the front. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could definitely tell that was either, you know, you could definitely see, mm-hmm. you know, from the environment, from, you know, the plantation to the old house, that yep. A, that it took place in South Carolina, you could definitely see that, yep. or, you know, South Carolina adjacent. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it, it, it really works. Um, you really feel that, you know... Uh, I'm trying to think of some of those movies. There's like, you know, they, they talked about comparing it to like Django Unchained and maybe the Which hell Django and stuff Unchained like that. Django Unchained was a very good comparison. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, you, you just feel like, you know, you're there. You feel like you're, you're there in that time and place. So uh, really cool. Right. Let's get into the art then. The, the art, you know, is, is that a different story for us? I uh, do we appreciate the art as much as the story. Um, how about the character designs? How'd you feel about those? The character designs, I mean, you know, for me, you know, just like detail and backgrounds, mm-hmm. as long as everybody looks different and is distinct from, you know, everybody else and doesn't have that same mm-hmm. look, I mean, that that's a win in my book. Yeah, and this is, I, I agree, this is, this is done really, really well. I really love the character designs here. They're all mm-hmm. so distinct. Along with their voices and everything, they're they're very mm-hmm. distinct characters. They're fleshed out very well. The art is is really phenomenal. I actually really really like this art a lot. I think that I I really enjoy this artist, and it seems like character design might be one of their like strengths. Well, see, and we t- we talked about this on last week's episode mm-hmm. where we said the art 
didn't match the story. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this one, I think the art definitely matched the story. Yeah, I almost get this vibe from it. Like, this team had to work together. Like, I can't even imagine it with somebody else's art right. in it. Like, it works so well. Not to say that, you know, the story doesn't hold up on its like, own. But... Could, uh, honestly, and be honest mm-hmm. here, I mean, could you see this story working with, like, Alex Ross-style art? <laughs> well, I, I, yes. I could still see it working, but Did it you would see be, it working as well. Yeah, it would be such a different perspective. No, I, I don't see it working as well at all. I, I don't think I would love the, the art in this book as much um, with, with something as polished as that. This is almost like, it's not cartoony, but like, it. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to it's, describe it's, this. It's, it's the, you know, rougher style, which, you know, definitely yeah. lends itself to, you know, action and gore and all that kind of stuff. I just and this I mean, is dealing with supernatural. Yeah, exactly, and and I love it. Like it's so cool. Some of the art I have it open to a couple of pages right now. Like where the Harriet Tubman is has killed the uh, vampires, and then they're slowly, you know, morphing into just a skeleton and, and all of that. It's just so cool. It's done so well. The action shots are done really well. Mm. The panel layout, like, is very sparse in some areas and really really cool. Yeah, I. This art is definitely, definitely a win. Um, I'm even looking at one where Harriet Tubman's like a bottom panel and, and her, just the, the handle of her katana is poking out from the panel, uh, which is, it just looks so cool. Yeah, the layout here is awesome. Um, how about the locations then? We're just in the in the house, on the plantation, uh, and kind of in the woods there. That's, that's really the only places we go. Right. But yeah, they, they mirrored the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. Like yeah. it, it's done really, really well. I think the only different like perspective we really get is that last panel where they're surrounded by the whatever they are. I assume vampires in the trees there. Uh, that's a really cool look. That's got a cool look to it. It's got this nice like watercolor on the on the trees and yeah, I I love it. Uh, the big moon in the background there and everything. Uh, lastly, let's just talk about the colors really quick because, again, like I, we don't have much, really anything to critique this book on. It's so good. Um, the color palette's m- muted. It's it's a lot of grays. Like I said, the backgrounds have a lot of what I assume is like uh, watercolor, like you know trees and stuff like that. And uh, they're they're set up against you know just kind of like a wide open background and everything. Um, so. So how do you feel about the colors here? Uh, to me, uh, like, you know, I, pro- I probably said before, I can't remember if I said, it's got, it, it's got the horror color to it. Yep. It's got mm-hmm. the horror tint. Yeah, it's got that muted, earthy tones to everything. Right. I mean, the, back, the backgrounds, you know, have mm-hmm. those, you know, foggy grays yep. and, you know, whites. It's not until you get to, like, the close-ups of the characters that, you know, it starts getting brighter. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I was going to say about it, it does the, uh, oh God, I can't think of the name of that movie now, uh, the Schindler's List kind of thing or whatever, where, uh, you know, like one color kind of pops and is, was that Schindler's List? Am I thinking of the right thing? I don't know. I could be thinking of the wrong movie, but um, like one color like kind of really pops and stands out and, and it's red here. Um, the red on, you know, kind of in the vampire's eyes uh, around the... The mom's neck. She's got. Like, I know scarf. that. I, I know they did that in. Uh, what was it? I actually know they did that in uh, Pleasantville. Oh yeah, yeah, they did that in in, uh, in some parts. Yeah, um, and and something that I think is really important here, like like we see Harriet first. She's kind of hooded up, and then, you know, her hood kind of comes down, and then you see her signature, uh, head bandana on. You know that red bandana that that, that she wears, and like. I think the color red is really important in this book, like mm-hmm. set up against all mm-hmm. the other muted colors and everything. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the colors work really, really well. So w- with, with all that being said, Bob, um, do, you, do you have do you any intentions on moving on to issue number two? Question. <laughs> do you even need to ask It's it? not that I need to, Bob. Uh, that's what the people pay for, okay? Everybody wants to know, should they move on to issue number two or not? They need to hear it from um, your mouth, Bob. <laughs> Call your local comic <laughs> shop right now. Yeah. Put it on your poll. Look, all I can say is this. If you are lucky enough to be listening to this uh, podcast right now and your local comic book shop still has any of this on their shelf, 
yeah, get the hell up there right now. <laughs> get up there, whatever amount of copies you can grab in your hand that your local shop will let you take home, do it. It is absolutely worth the investment. Um, like the creator said, like we said at the top, this is soon to be a Disney Plus series. Um, I, I'm not a I'm interested to sure. see how it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, plus. definitely. Me too. Um, and, and I'm not 100% sure, but you and I talked off air. There is like seven issues of this that are dated from 2017 to 2020. I don't know if this is a sequel to that, if this is a reprinting, another volume, what. But like all I can tell you right now is get this issue absolutely first and foremost. And then go track down that first printing or whatever it is of number one. You're going to want that in your collection uh, right. if it's if this is a reprint of that or, or whatever the stakes are. Yes, get to your comic book shop. Pick up a copy of this book. Do not trade weight for this. Uh, don't, read, don't read it digitally. Whatever, whatever you have to do, go get a floppy of this and, and add it to your collection because, God, it's outstanding. Um, yes, I highly recommend that everybody check out issue number two of this. Go get a nine millimeter copy. Of this. <laughs> yeah, whatever you got to do here, but yeah, this is this is a very very good comic. This is how comics should be. Is yes. is really that all that I can is say. How, that is how a number one should be. Yeah, this is how you make a first issue comic book. Like hands down, this is the template for an issue number one. Correct. <laughs> right. right. Absolutely. If I saw thirty. Uh, you know, first issue comic books come out like this. I would love every single one of them. There's, yeah, yeah there's, there's not much I can else I can say here other than this is amazing. Uh, so, so go out and get a copy of that. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will tell you what comic books are coming out in your local comic book shops next week and wrap this thing up. A battle for humanity's future is being waged on American soil right now. The cannabis plant has been used by humans for thousands of years, and yet it is still severely criminalized in much of the world. But the world is changing. Yay! In the U.S., 37 states have legalized cannabis for medical purposes, and 18 have done so for recreational use by adults. In Illinois, legalized cannabis has spurred an explosion of new businesses and products, all bringing in a massive stream of newly created revenue that other states are eager to match. Yet federally, cannabis faces much of the same resistance of the 1900s. How did marijuana get such a bad reputation? Why is it still so federally restricted? How are smoking and vaping different? How many edibles are too many? Which companies are coming out with the best new products? And who benefits from keeping Mary Jane in the dark? These are the types of questions we'll attempt to answer on the Cannabis Man podcast. A thorough look at all things cannabis, from its history to its explosion in states that have legalized it. So look out for the Cannabis Man podcast, coming soon wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back with episode number 36 of the all-new, all-different number one comics podcast. Bob, tell them what new comic books are coming out next week. I will, but before we begin, disclaimer time. Disclaimer time, disclaimer time with Bob. That was All nice. right, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, these are just a few of the books that are coming out, may come out, yeah, should I say. May. Yeah, we and, didn't get our Hexagon Bridges. Right, so. and I'm just reading from one source, so if you want a more in-depth you know, um, list as to what's coming out, please, you know, look elsewhere. Yes. So, starting off from DC, we have Batman Superman World's Finest number 19. This one's got the origin of the world's finest Batman and Superman team up. I don't know what the hell that means, but sure. I, I, I don't know. Why did you, why do you need an origin? <laughs> I don't know. Of a team up. Yeah. Hey, do you want to team up? Hey, do you want to team up? <laughs> yes. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, there's the origin. You have Green Lantern War Journal number one. It looks like DC is doing what Punisher did. I was I was going to say, how can you take the same uh, subtitle there? But uh, yeah, this is the premiere issue. It says it's the first appearance of an iconic new villain who, but it may be referring to the 
Revenant Queen, who first appeared in Green Lantern number one from 2023. Not familiar with the Revenant Queen. Likewise. Uh, from Marvel, we have Star Wars Dark Droids D-Squad number one. Yeah, the D-Squad. This is the first team appearance of the D-Squad, a team of droids led by R2-D2. Not saying they're D-list characters, <laughs> just they're an actual D-Squad. And I'm definitely going to uh, edit some of the R2-D2 like little beeps in there when I read the title, when, when I said the whatever. <laughs> you should use that as a bumper. <laughs> yeah. We have a new What If Dark, What If Dark Carnage number one. I do not know how much darker you could get with Carnage. Dude, that's exactly what I was about to say. How <laughs> do you have a Dark Carnage? I, Shit. I, like, what's going to happen now? Um, yeah, this is uh, What If Cortland Cassidy also merged with the symbiote. So, okay. And who exactly is Cortland Cassidy? Um, I, it's, it's, uh... Cletus Cassidy's, uh, what, somebody, I, I can't remember. <laughs> Something to do with Cletus, oh, sorry. Uh, sticking with Marvel, we have X-Men Annual Number 1. Captain Marvel versus Cyclops in this Contest of Chaos crossover. That just, I'm sorry, that just doesn't seem fair. <laughs> yeah, um, fair by what standards? Who do you think is going to win, Bob? Uh, I... Think Captain Marvel okay, is gonna okay, wipe you. the yeah. floor I was, I was with gonna Cyclops say, because I mean a, a laser eye like you know how's that gonna stop Captain Marvel? But right, I mean she's shown by the MCU. I mean she can take a punch from Thanos <laughs> and or a headbutt from Thanos and not even blink. Yeah, uh, yeah, this will be a very unfair fight, I believe. Yeah. So going back to DC, we have Wonder Woman number one. Dude, I'm kind of sad that we're rebooting Wonder Woman. I felt like that last. Uh, creative team and everything was really well I like the story and everything I'm not I'm not ready for a new volume here and this one is by Tom King and Daniel Stampers I I love Tom King I don't know much about Daniel Stampers off the top of my head but we'll, we'll have to see how this goes Tom King on Wonder Woman um this has the first appearance of I'm gonna say it's Emily I'm yes okay uh an, an Amazon and the first full appearance of the Sovereign. Okay. Um, one of uh, Dan and I's personal favorite, uh, Superman number six. Again, going back to that, you know, what our, our work that's cut out for us at the end of the year, we have to put Superman number one up against Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer, up You're against right. World Tree, up against Dark X-Men. Like, how, how up against that definitely runs Ultimate the Invasion? Like, that, what are, <laughs> that definitely runs the gamut of, you yeah. know... Comic book storyline. Yeah, this isn't fair. I, I, I'm starting to rethink the uh, the end of the year episode, Bob, but this one's got the first appearance of the... Sorry, the first appearance of the Chained, a Doomsday-level threat. Wow. Uh, sticking with... Going back to Marvel, we have Uncanny Spider-Man number one. Dude, I am so stoked about this. A five-issue limited series with Nightcrawler as the Spider-Man of New York City. So stoked. Very I, interesting. Yeah, I can't wait. This is going to be very, very cool. Nightcrawler Spider-Man. I think his crime fighting would be easy because he, he <laughs> yeah. can just teleport yep. from... Phase in and out. He can yeah. just teleport to the crime. Mm -hmm. And then teleport to jail. <laughs> uh, sticking with Marvel, we have Captain America number one. Again, getting some big number ones next week. Yes. Past, present, and future collide as the man out of time reckons with an existential threat determined to set the world on a darker path at any cost. This one is written by J. Michael Straczynski. I can't ever say that guy's name. but uh, Who, Who's a very uh, seminal Captain America writer. Yes, exactly. So, man, uh, big issue. Uh, we have... Predator versus Wolverine number one. We all knew it was going to happen at some point, so it's happening now. Yeah, this is yeah. true. Uh, <laughs> this is true. Uh, that's going to be four issue limited. We have Strange Academy Moon Knight number one. This one has the first appearance of the uh, equation. <laughs> okay, the I'll, equation. Yeah, a a, a villain uh, at that. And this is a three-issue limited series. I didn't think any of these Strange Academy... Th I thought they were all one-shots. So, you know, we had the Miles Morales one before. We had, you know, ones before that and everything. But so this it's, one... kind of, it's kind of like Night Terror plus one. 
Yeah, this one, a uh, three-issue series, so I, I don't know. It sounds interesting. And finally, we have Wolverine number 37. That's right. It's got a Hulk crossover, so there's that. And now comes the time where we talk about the book that we will be doing next week. Of course, we've got the wonderful wheelofnames.com loaded up with three titles to choose from. Uh, between Wolverine versus Predator number one, Wonder Woman number one, and Beautiful Soldiers number one. Bob, I'm going to spin this wheel, see where it lands, and see which book we will be talking about next week. And it looks like the indie book has won yet again. We are covering Beautiful Soldiers, issue number one next week. A uh, fun, fun book, hopefully, uh, I know nothing about. So <laughs> it'll which be a surprise to both of us. Which hopefully comes out. Y- yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> if not, might be another impromptu, um, which is okay, because that's, look, that's what happened this week. We were supposed to be doing Hexagon Bridge. We ended up with Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer instead. And I must say... Uh, I don't think we're disappointed. Yeah, I'm very, very happy we did. I would have read this book either way, but I would have been very sad I didn't get to cover it here on the podcast. So... Uh, thank God that that happened is all I can say. And that about wraps it up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Of course, check us out on social media. We are on Instagram at ANAD underscore number one comics podcast. You can check us out on X at ANADNO comic pod. That's right. I left out the Twitter joke this time and just called it X, but I just backtracked and said it anyways. So you can also check us out on TikTok at ANAD number one comics pod and we are on youtube under the comic book channel this and every single week you can win a copy of this book but i'm gonna tell you right now i'm gonna have a very 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 hard time letting this one go so i want to see lots of hashtags out there if i'm not seeing at least 10 i'm not even gonna run the contest this week no joke so uh if i don't see at least 10 hashtags not even gonna worry about running the contest so make sure if you want a copy of this book and trust me you do want a copy of this book that you use the hashtag all new all different nation on a social media post of your choice and we will randomly select a winner and bob will pay for the postage to send it right to your front door in a bag and board Huh? <laughs> exactly. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.